an indie artist with quite the interesting resume. She's received numerous awards and is involved in music from marching bands, teaching music, to the Dean Martin Festival in Steubenville, which this year the town honors their favorite son on Dean's birthday month, June 24th through 26th. This podcast is being uploaded just prior to Dean's birthday, June 7th. And Rose, I know that you are no longer quite as involved with the Dean Martin Festival, but obviously Dean holds a special place in your heart, so we're going to talk about him today. First, tell us about yourself. Well, yesterday uh, was probably the biggest day of my career. I found out that I had not one, but two number one hit songs on a country charts, two separate songs on two separate charts. Uh, One's called Welcome to My World, which is a duet with Elvis Presley Jr., that's a great rendition of the old famous classic. And the other one is called Mama's Song, which I wrote about my mother for Mother's Day. And it went viral just within two weeks. And now it hit number one yesterday. And uh, it's just awesome. So yeah. I've had such great success in Nashville. I always wanted to go to Nashville when I was younger. And my dad talked me into teaching school instead because it was the safe route. And so I chose to do that. But after I retired from teaching... At nearly 60 years old, I went to Nashville and recorded my first song that I wrote in college, which was 40 years old, called Girls Just Want to Drink Beer. Girls, we just don't want to drink beer. It became a mega hit. So I've been going to Nashville now for 11 years. What what year did you start singing? 2011 was my first release. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. So, yeah, I've been very lucky. I, I've written songs my whole life. I had a chest, a war chest, as they say, full of songs. Got enough gumption to go to Nashville and record, and that's what happened. Bingo, you know, it just went big time. I had a really huge hit called uh, Saturday Night's Girls' Night Out. Saturday Night is Girls. Donna Cunningham, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. from Century 2 Records, and that was, uh, it went double platinum. And it's a big line dance song. So uh, I've been really lucky with my songs. Everybody tells me... Uh, I have I have great hooks, which is the chorus of the songs. I can't get them out of their head, so that that sells the song. Yes, yes, you do have good hooks because I I bought the Saturday Night Is Girls Night Out, and yes. yeah, that w- that's stuck that gets stuck in my head. <laughs> yes. Getting back to Dino. Dino was my inspiration as a kid. I mean, he was somebody we all wanted to be. He came. As a kid, he grew up in Steubenville and uh, left town and just made it on international level, the mega star that he was. I mean, he was not only a movie star, but a singing star and a TV star. He did every type of entertainment, you know, Las Vegas nightclubs, vaudeville. He did it all. I mean, he is the most well-rounded star that I ever really can say I knew that, that did it all. He yeah. did everything. It's very, and, uh, it, that's and very he loved, true. Yeah. He loved entertaining. He mm-hmm. loved, you could tell, he loved yes. it. He loved to sing, but he was also a great actor. Mm-hmm. Great actor. Yeah. And uh, and he's our legacy in Steubenville. I mean, we're so proud he's from there. And there's still a few people around that actually knew him. Not many, because Dino will be, uh, you know, like 103 this year. Yeah. So uh, there's not many, but there are a few people around that remember him and a tell of his talent, even as a kid, he was very talented. Tap dance, sang, was in all the minstrel shows at school. Was always the lead in the play, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. 
you know, no doubt he went that route because he was best at, at what he did. Yeah. So uh, with those people that have actually, you know, they saw him in town or whatever, what kind of stories have you heard from them? Oh, I've heard some great stories. I had a friend that went to school with him, and he said that back then they had these desks with ink wells. They used to dip the pen in the mm -hmm. ink. You know, this is, you figure, you know, this is the turn of the century. They dipped the pen and wrote with ink right on their papers. So the girls used to have pigtails. So this little girl sat in front of him with pigtails. So he used to get her pigtail and dip it in the inkwell and write his name with it on the paper and, and use her hair to write with. <laughs> so of course the teacher would yeah. catch him and reprimand him. Yeah. And they, they told me that he spent more time in the hall than he did in the classroom. <laughs> but they said the funny part about him was when the teacher would say, okay, Dean, out in the hall, he would get up and, and dance and skip out the door, like entertaining, like tap dancing all the way out the door. <laughs> the kids would be laughing their heads off, right? So, I mean, he was just a comedian from day one. He yeah. was just a funny, funny guy. Uh, some other stories in town were uh, that when he was young, he used to go see all the big bands when they came to town, and he would beg the band leaders to let him sing, you know, let him sing with the uh, entertainers. So it was really funny. You know, that was hilarious. They said, oh, he was such a terrible singer. He had terrible timing. He, he just didn't know when to come in. They'd play the introduction, and he'd be like, now? You know, he just never could feel music <laughs> in the early days. So it was really funny because in 1989, my husband and I were in Las Vegas, and we saw him at Bally's. We went to the show, right? Mm -hmm. And I was, like, so excited to see Dean Martin. And this was right before he retired, and it was hilarious. So Ken Lane's playing this big intro mm -hmm. for a song, and what did he do? He goes to the piano and goes, now? Just <laughs> like when he was a kid. Yeah. So I was dying. I was laughing my head off. I told my husband, I go, I don't know if that's part of the act or he's still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it was yes. just funny stuff. Yes. So, like now, and and yeah. then other, other people told me that they were really bad boys. They used to skip school and play craps in the alleys in Steubenville. <laughs> they wouldn't go to school and they'd be playing dice and they'd get caught. And, you know, the shopkeepers would get brooms and chase them off with the broom and sweep them off the street. <laughs> go to school. What are you kids doing? You know? Yeah. So uh, they grew up during the Depression. It was a rough time. You know, people mm -hmm. were uh, down and out and starving. And I had another friend told me they used to steal pies off of people's stoops they said women used to bake pies and stick them on the windowsill the oh, yeah. mm -hmm. windows open and they'd come by and steal pies this one friend of mine he was a rab was his name he was a bass player and he passed away so when he died dino sent his mother sent rab's mother a letter and a check for ten thousand dollars and the letter said i'm so sorry about rab passing he was a great friend and by the way this is for all the pies we stole off your stoop <laughs> pay him, and, pay this was, yeah, and this was like in 1980s, you know, this wow. was late. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, uh, he never forgot his friends at Steubenville. They kept in touch, you know, they used to see him in Vegas and California and he would sneak in and out of town and visit them too. He would come in and out of town unannounced and, and nobody would know he was there till after he left. They're yeah. like, oh man, Dino was in town. He was over here. He would hide out, you know, in yeah. houses. But yeah. You know. But pre-social media, you could do that. <laughs> oh yeah, right, definitely. He, he'd never, he'd never be able to do it now. It'd be impossible. Yeah. But, uh, um, but back in the old days, you always found out about it after it happened. You mm -hmm. know? 
But, uh, yeah, he was just a great guy. He did a lot of good for uh, Steubenville. He never forgot us. Donated money to the high school bands. He bought the band uniforms. Him and Frank Sinatra bought Catholic Central band uniforms. He used to buy uh, Steubenville High School football equipment for the team. The coach would write to him. I mean, he sent toys to the hospital every Christmas to all the kids and used to help people that needed money real bad on the uh, QT. He wouldn't tell anybody. It would be like anonymous donor. But we all knew it was him. Yeah. You know, because nobody in Steubenville had that kind of money. We knew it was him. We always knew it was him. You know, they just said anonymously. And not till he died did they publicly announce all the good that he actually did. He had a friend that was a nun in town, and she was at the St. John's Hospital. So when he died, she had a big story in the newspaper at home and letters from him and all the money and different things that he donated. She'd write to him, and he would send money for whatever needed mm -hmm. and uh, they were good friends growing up this nun and he so it, it was just really heartwarming stories that you don't usually hear you know yeah yeah he had a real generous side big time yeah I, I think I think it's because anybody that grew up at that time you know it was so bad it was just such a bad time and people were really poor I mean people were all poor there were no there were no jobs there were no aid there was no no kind of government aid or anything so people helped each other out that's what you did. You helped your neighbors. Mm -hmm. And that's how he grew up. So he never forgot that. Yeah. So how did you come to organize the help organize the festival? Well, uh, when Dino died um, in 1995, he died Christmas Day. So uh, Mayor Mucci at the time, Dominic Mucci, he was the mayor of Steubenville. We were good friends and I used to always play taps for all the functions in town. I'm a bugler too. So he called me the day after Christmas, which was my birthday, to tell me happy birthday and also said, Rose, what are we going to do for Dino? What do you think we should do? I said, well, why don't we have some kind of festival or something? Because they, they wouldn't let anybody go to the funeral. It was private. So he says, well, we could have a mass for him. I said, yeah, we'll definitely have a mass for him. I said, but we should do something. We should find out when his birthday is. So we got together the next week and looked into it. Here his birthday was June 7th. I said, well, why don't we have a some kind of memorial June 7th? downtown and uh get you know get a band big band to come in and just have you know d martin tribute day okay great who do you think we should have talk i says let's get a hold of jimmy the greek they were good buddies jimmy the greek snyder i says let's get jimmy the greek there and 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 let him uh do do everything so we wrote to him he was living in raleigh at the time he was all excited he was going to come well needless to say in april jimmy the greek passed away also because mm. him and dino the same age yeah. So he, you know, we were so bummed because we were like, oh, man, this is going to be great. He's going to come tell all these Steubenville stories and about them in Vegas together. And and uh, so instead, Stephanie, uh, Jimmy the Greek's daughter came, Stephanie Snyder, and she did all the uh, stuff in the speeches, which was great. And then we had a big band play and we had uh, collected donations and we started our scholarship fund that year, which would have been 1996. And then after that, we had a meeting, and Dominic says, well, what do you think we should do? I said, man, we got we to gotta keep this going. This is big. He goes, okay, you're in charge. I'm done. I said, okay, fine. So I took it and ran with it, and that's what I did. Yeah. How many years did you do that? 22. 22 years. And was your last year 2017? Yeah, the 100th birthday yeah. celebration. Big one. Yes. Which was, which was huge. We had a big parade. We had uh, a big show at the high school. Uh, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis came back in 1950 to Steubenville High School and did his mega show for the kids, the poor kids and kids in this children's home. 
and gave all the money to that. So we had this, we relived that show. We had Dina Martin come and perform, Elvis Presley Jr., all these impersonators, mm -hmm. people from Vegas. I mean, it was a big show on Thursday night. Saturday, we had a big show with kids in school involved as well as these people. We had like kids tap dancing and singing Dean Martin songs from Steubenville schools, a little dance group. So the Boy Scouts were there because he was a Boy Scout. So we had everything involved in his life was there that day. And the show lasted like four or five hours. It was a little massive show. And it was so great. I mean, it was such a big event. And we had movies showing and just all kind of stuff. And then a big uh, tribute concert that night at the Spot Bar, So he, where he used to be, too. He used to perform there. It's probably the last place in Steubenville left open that he was actually in. That was a huge festival. It was a three-day crazy event. Since then, they have been greatly downsized, of course. And last year, because of the pandemic, it was skipped. This year, they're doing it on a small basis again. It's going to be a little street fair on Saturday all day. But uh, Spot Bar will have two shows, Friday night and Saturday night, with Tom Stevens coming in from Las Vegas, who's very good. Thursday night, they have the big impersonator contest. Yeah. And they give $200 cash to the winner, which is fun. Yeah, that you is know, fun. I, I actually yeah. came to the 2017 uh, right. festival. And that, that was... was one, that yeah, it was massive. a load of fun. I had to leave a little early because... I had work, but, right. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a load of fun. And I, you know, I met a lot of cool people there. I think I met Tom Stevens there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. The birthday. yeah. He's very good. He's from Las Vegas. He does a really good tribute show to Dean. We've had a lot of great tribute people. Uh, Russ Laniello is top notch. Um, yes. There's uh, uh, Drew uh, Anthony from Las Vegas. He's good. Joe Scalise. I mean, there's a, there's a big list of people that we've had. Over the 22 years, that have been, you know, really, really good. But as I tell those guys, nobody but nobody can replace Dean Martin. That is, you guys are yeah. great, but nobody <laughs> can touch him. Oh yeah, I mean he King was of so cool. great. Yes, he, his voice just mm -hmm. floated in air, literally. Yeah, it's so. it's quite amazing. His voice is. When I found Dean Martin's voice, I was like, okay, I can. I, that's it. I can stop searching. This is the this is the voice for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. You, you talked a little bit about uh, Dina Martin. Uh, how how did you meet her? Dina, well, uh, I think it was 19, uh, let's see, about 98. Uh, I get this phone call from someone named John Griffith. A man named John Griffith asking me all about the festival for the next year. He's from California. So, you know, I get a lot of calls from California. I was talking to people at NBC and, you know, and I'm always making calls back and forth to try to find out things about Dino and information and where I can get pictures and photos and just everything. John calls me, asks me all this advice. So finally, after about the third call, I go, by the way, can you tell me who you are? He says, yeah, I'm married to Dina Martin. I went, oh, great. He says, we're going to come next year. I'm like, oh, God, that's awesome. So I tried for years to get one of his kids there, you know. And then mm -hmm. finally I made that connection with John. And so they came and they, uh, they came for years and years and years, all the way up to 97, the big one. And um, at that time, Dina, Dina wasn't um, performing or anything. She was uh, doing some real estate and some different things out in LA, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, you really should be performing your dad's book because, you know, we need, we need that out there, you know, because Frank had Frank Jr. And, you know, Nancy sings a little bit, Sinatra's, and then, you know, all these legacy of these kids. I says, you know, you really need to be doing your dad's book because you have um, 
she's a degree in uh, theater from uh, a college in London, and she she did some Broadway shows, and she was in some movies when she was younger. She had a couple country hits out in the '60s. Girl of the Month Club was a big song for her, and um, and I told her, I said, you know, you really should get, think about getting back into it. So she slowly got back into music, started singing, started working with some bands, and then she got Les Brown Jr. and his band together to back her up and did some shows, and then one thing led to another, and it started snowballing, you know, and she started recording and doing appearances, and now she does this, this live show every week on Facebook for 52 weeks it's been on. Yeah. 60. I, I think Friday was the 60th show. Wow. I watched them all. Yeah. During the pandemic, she does a free show every week for a half hour. It's awesome. And she puts that kind of time into it. Mm-hmm. And it's a good show. And she sings different music every week and some of her dad's hits and some other people's hits and talks and tells jokes and reads letters from fans. And it's really great. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest thing. Yeah. So for pandemic, it's really uh, helped a lot of people. Yeah. Now, did you uh, help her with any research for her book with like the, with Oh yeah. Big them? time. Yeah. Big time. We, I introduced her to everybody. I introduced her to cousins she didn't know she had. And yeah. <laughs> and friends. And what we did was, um, John says, I'm going to have a luncheon for all of Dean's friends. And we're going to have them come and afterwards talk and videotape it. So I had a friend of mine come and videotape it. They had somebody come and videotape it. So we had two tapes rolling in case one busted or something. Right. And so I had her dad's best friend, Mindy Costanza come and, and uh, Mario Camerlingo, just all these guys he grew up with, and and women too. Violet, and his his cousin's wife, Violet, they were great friends, and they just told stories about growing up with him and and being in school and Boy Scouts and playing sports and living in Steubenville and working in the casinos and mm-hmm. you know singing with the big bands. I mean, they they knew it all. So yeah, it was a really important thing to do that because these people actually knew the true stories. You know, you hear hearsay but you don't know the true stories right <laughs> and they and some barbers two barber friends of mine dorman panbianco he came and mr rinaldi they worked with dean's dad guy he was a barber so they knew a lot of stuff you know barber shop that's where all the talk mm-hmm. is yeah. everybody everybody says the beauty shop is where the talk is no it's the barber shop the barber shop yeah the guys the guys are the gossipers oh yeah yeah the yeah. guys the guys do all the talk mm-hmm uh, I mean, uh, Dorman's Barbershop was a block from Dean Martin's house on Fifth Street, and that was the place to be. All that I used to stop in and see him because he was a trumpet player, and I played in his big band at one time. And he, all the guys were in there hanging out, telling stories. I'd walk in there, hey, Rose, sit down, we gotta tell you about, blah, blah, blah. You know, they <laughs> they were every day in there hanging out. That was their hang. Yeah. So he was a real important contact to have. So he mm-hmm. told Dean a lot of stories about. Um, Dino and the one he remembered best was he said your father had and always had the nicest head of hair I've ever seen he says as a barber I've seen thousands of people your father had the thickest curliest nicest head of hair I ever saw in my life <laughs> and that's what called her. and he did yeah I mean, his whole life had a whole head of hair it was amazing yeah yeah so, it was quite amazing <laughs> he had really nice hair <laughs> really nice hair, really nice hair, and it was just natural, you know. Mm-hmm. It always looked that way. If you saw pictures of him as a kid, had the same haircut, same mm-hmm. hair, yeah, same boxing back, same haircut, slick back, same sideburns. Always had the same hair, mm-hmm. never changed. And I just thought that was really something. Wow, it was cool. And then another friend of mine, Lou Panabianco, his mother and Dean's mother used to sew. 
because Dane's mom was a seamstress. She used to make wedding dresses for people. And oh, she yeah. was that good. That good. Mm-hmm. And there was one of her wedding dresses on display in the museum in Steubenville mm-hmm. to this day. They have it up where she made it for somebody's wedding. And uh, so Louis said that, yeah, Dean's mom used to come over when Louis was little and sit there and sew with his mother. They'd get together and sew and make things for people because they were both seamstresses. And he said, oh, yeah, they sit there and talk Italian and sew. And he remembers that vividly growing up. Yeah. So I just thought that was, even when Dean made it big and his parents still stayed in Steubenville, his dad was still a barber and his mother still sewed till he moved them to California. They mm-hmm. still lived their life the same. They didn't change. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's the way to way to live, though, you know? Right. Yeah. Just be yourself. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Believe that. Be yourself. Don't change. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, you, so you've helped her a lot. Has anybody else come to you for, like, help with, like, uh, archives or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Documentaries, sure. When he first died, uh, ETV came to Steubenville and did a big documentary on him. And I helped them. And... MSNBC did a big documentary on him. I helped them. The History Channel came into town, Mm -hmm. did a big documentary on him. I helped them. We've had movie producers come to town. Mm -hmm. I worked with them because they were supposed to come out with a Dean Martin movie. And matter of fact, Martin Scorsese was going to direct it. And Nick Poligi wrote the screenplay. And I went to New York and worked with Nick. Mm -hmm. And that got tabled. Never happened. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. happened with it either. I would really oh, like, like to him. see it. It's like 15 years ago. I went to New York. Yeah. He used to call me on the phone every day working on the screenplay, and, and it got tabled. Nothing happened. I don't know what happened. Yeah. That is strange. So, and Scorsese wanted to make it for his mother because she loved Dean Martin. That was her favorite. Yeah. And that's why he wanted to do it. Well, maybe he'll make it someday. I don't know. I don't know. We're hoping. Yeah. And then they, and they were kicking around who they wanted to play Dean Martin, and Tom Hanks's name came up, and... Joe Montaigne. Joe Montaigne actually played him in a Rat Pack movie uh-huh. years ago. It was, in, it was a really good movie. It was on HBO. Yeah. And he did a good job. He had mm-hmm. him down. Yeah. He did a great job. So he it, would be a good candidate. It would be interesting to see Tom Hanks do Dean Martin because Tom Hanks has done pretty much every nice guy out there. Like Walt Disney, Mr. I, Rogers, everything. That'd be, well, that'd be great. He actually, he actually did Dean Martin on Saturday Night Live years ago a couple times. Oh, yeah. And did, and did, and did a good, Jay did the Dean yeah. Martin Christmas show. And he yeah. was good. Yeah. He was good. And Joe Piscopo did Dean Martin on Saturday Night Live. If you look at the archives, look at the one when Jerry Lewis was guest. Joe Piscopo plays okay. Dean Martin. It's hilarious. <laughs> he plays Dean Martin as Jerry Lewis's heart surgeon. It is so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It is, it's the best. And Dina, Dina never seen it. I said it to her like two months ago, and she was dying because she was going to be a guest on Joe Piscopo's radio show. Uh-huh. And I said, you got to talk yeah, about this. Yeah, you got to see that. Yeah. Oh my, she goes, oh, my God, I never saw it before. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll well, message you. Yes, you. I need to see this. You will crack up. It is so I'm, funny. I'm sure I will. I mean, I mean, Jerry was a real sport to play this part because it was funny. <laughs> it was really good. And and Eddie Murphy played Sammy Davis Jr. So that's how good it was. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, gonna really be good. interesting. <laughs> yeah, really funny. Yeah, with with your music. So who are some of the big musical influences on you? Genres that oh, influenced you? Oh man, growing up, of course, Dean Martin was you know he was the Italian favorite in my house. My mm-hmm. mother came from Italy, so 
every Sunday she made spaghetti sauce and cooking and always Dina was playing always. And uh, of course, Hank Williams. Oh God. When I grew up, I was born in 1954. So Hank Williams had just died a few years before that. So my dad always had Hank Williams playing. So mm-hmm. first thing I ever learned on a guitar at five years old, plucking a guitar was Hank Williams songs with the record. I'd play along, you know, so I knew yes. all his stuff. Johnny Cash. I love Johnny Cash. Oh my God. He was, he was my idol. I went to see him live 15 times. Every time he came to the state fair, I'd go, or he'd come to Ohio Valley or the Wheeling Jamboree. Or, you know, I was always there. I mean, I loved him. He was he was great. What a songwriter he was. He wrote the greatest ballads and songs from the heart, you know. And uh, I've been I've been titled in Nashville the female Johnny Cash even. So I thought that was pretty interesting because I loved him so much, you know. And of course, Patsy Cline, Loretta mm-hmm. Lynn. Oh. And Dolly, Dolly, yeah. God, I love Dolly. She's mm-hmm. so talented and just such a generous person. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, what she does for people—it's unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Dolly Parton. She, she's the best. She's yeah. such a, just the greatest. She loves kids and people, and just a great songwriter and a great entertainer. You know, she just cares about everybody. Mm-hmm. She's so wonderful, and uh, they they've been great influences. And I, you know, all the older stars. I mean, I once I got to Nashville, I became friends with people like Mel Tillis, and Jim Ed Brown. These guys I listened to since I was a kid. Uh, Bill Anderson, all these old country stars, and we all could sort of hang together because you know I'm old. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not a young kid. I'm not in the hanging with Taylor Swift and you know uh, all yeah. these guys. And, uh, of course, Brad Paisley, you know, he's from my neck of the woods. He grew up about 30 miles away from me. Wow. I'm really good friends with his dad. I don't know Brad wow. too well, but his dad, his dad, I really know well. He's the same age as me. That's We've really, been friends for years. That's really cool. I, I really like, I enjoy Brad Paisley. Yeah. Yeah, we were on the Wheeling Jamboree board together, me and his dad, Doug. So, you know, he's on Facebook with me, and he mm-hmm. sends me all this stuff all the time. It's real fun. Yeah. They were up in Canada last year uh doing a show and it was really early in the morning and and his dad helps him drive the tour bus right yeah so he sent me this picture and it's real foggy and steamy and it's cold and there's this big moose stopped in the middle of the road snorting with these big huge antlers looking at the bus like (laughs) nose to nose with the bus it's the greatest picture i was like don't get out of the bus don't get out (laughs) i mean he sends me cool stuff like that all the time yeah so he's a real great guy yeah, and and uh, he does a lot of good too. He does a lot of charity work. Brad does a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And uh, Buddy Jewel, I got to be really good friends with Buddy Jewel. He was on my label on Le Mans, the first label I was on. He won like the first Idol show years ago on TV, and uh, he's just a great guy. He does a lot of great stuff too. Just a great singer. Bobby G. Rice and geez, uh, I, I was friends with uh, a lot of people in the beginning, Gene Shepard, but since then they passed. Gene was married to Hawkshaw Hawkins, who got killed with Patsy Cline in the airplane crash mm-hmm. that long yeah. ago. I mean, that's how long she's been in the business, you know. Yeah. And we were good friends. She was on my label. She passed away. I mean, it's just a lot of people were losing them, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, we lost John Prine from COVID. Uh, Joe Diffie died yeah. from COVID this year. I mean, I was friends with all those guys. It's just terrible. So it's been a scary year. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. I I was lucky enough to see Joe Diffie uh in 2019 and okay. yeah. So 
I don't go to a lot of uh, concerts, even though I love music. I don't. I just don't make it out for a lot of concerts, and I I made it out for that one, and I was so glad I did. You know? Yeah, he uh, he was great, and he he was in Chicago on tour, and he got sick. With, uh, he went to the hospital in three days. He died. Yeah, I and mean, COVID just took him so fast. He was in the beginning when it first happened. And I was like in shock. I couldn't believe it. He's younger than me. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a ter scary. terrible thing. Yeah, it's been a scary time. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we haven't been touring or playing or doing yeah. anything. But uh, my first big show is June 11th in Nashville at the Ernest Tubb Theater. We're having a big uh, Century 2 record showcase. It's going to be our first show in two years there because CMA Fest was canceled this year again. Mm. So they canceled it two years in a row. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to getting back to Nashville. I got my shots. I'm going to be very careful. I'm going to watch myself, so hopefully it will be yeah. okay. We're gonna do our show and have have some fun. You you've said that you already have kind of kept track. So I know you play guitar, you play bugle, you play trumpet. trumpet. Right. How many instruments do you play? Well, uh, I went to Ohio State and became a high school band director. So mm -hmm. we learned all the band instruments. You know, clarinet, flute, saxophone, tuba, trombone. You know, you name it. Mm -hmm. Drums on a on a average level you know not on a professional level mm -hmm. but as a student level. so you know I, I probably play about 20 instruments i guess wow and the string instruments came you know on my own i did that but i also learned a little bit about violin viola bass mm -hmm. all that college banjo bandolin you know all that yeah but i'm proficient on trumpet and guitar that's my two main yeah wow yeah so are you still involved in any way with, with bands since you were a, a teacher? Oh, yeah. I mean, I get calls once in a while to come listen to a band to critique them or to judge a contest or something, and I still go, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, was, that was always number one for me. I always be a teacher. Once a teacher, always a teacher. That doesn't yeah. change. Uh, I have a friend uh, that lives a couple doors away that's trying to learn the piano again. She's 62. She played as a kid and then quit, and now she's trying to get back with it. And she, like, knocks on my door every other day and asks questions about this, that, the other. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's fun, to, you know, about rhythms and counting. And, you know, here I am out there, and uh, mm -hmm. the neighbors all laughing. Oh, yeah, teaching lessons again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's a standing joke down here. Everybody <laughs> raps on my door with music questions. Yeah. <laughs> hey, teach. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. That's funny. What, so you you were in the, uh, was it the Ohio State Marching Band? Yes. Yes, I was one of the first women in the Ohio State Marching wow. Band. It was all male until 1973, and then Title IX came in, and they had to let women try out. Wow. So I was in that first wave, yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It the, was cool. The very... So it was like, like five of us women and 250 men, you know. So... <laughs> It was pretty crazy. Yeah, that sounds crazy. But they're all my brothers. We're still close. You know, I still talk to a lot of them and keep contact. So, you know, it was a great time in my life. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the greatest things ever. That was probably the highlight of my life till I made it to Nashville. I mean, you know, definitely, definitely. I've been going through a few of your songs, and I'm curious about some of them. Sure. What inspired The Wish? Oh, the wish. Okay. I had some friends that uh, adopted a child. I thought about it and I said, you know, it'd be nice to do a song about somebody that's adopted. And I really thought about this kid and what this kid might have went through and, 
and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write one. So then, then one night I was sleeping, and it just like came to me in a dream, and I woke up, and I always keep a notepad next to my bed because I get ideas like at four in the morning, and I hurry up and scrap them down because I forget by the time I get up. And this just came to me in a dream, you know, the wish, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. This is, could be a Christmas song. So I hurry up and jotted it down and try to put it out as a Christmas song, but then it was. When I first came out with it, it was on the charts 42 weeks in Nashville. 42 weeks. It was on for Christmas, and then they kept it on. Wow. And I'm like, well, this isn't a Christmas song at all. This is a yeah. This is a song about a kid getting adopted, and they like it. So, yeah. Know, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was a huge song. I, I had visions to make a children's book with it, and I have a prototype of a children's book that I was going to put out, and we didn't do that yet. And I, I wanted to approach Hallmark or Disney to make a movie with it with that thing and I just thought that would be really good so I'd like to do that oh yeah that'd be really cool yeah it's I really... was gonna say I need to talk to Dolly and she make it yeah. happen she yeah she does those Christmas movies so on Hallmark yes I my mom loves Hallmark and especially yeah. anyone with Dolly she's right there <laughs> yeah so I need to I need to pitch it to Hallmark to see if they'll crank out something for next year because they always film Christmas movies in the summer you know yeah the, well and now they like show the Christmas movies all year round so all year yeah mm -hmm. yeah since the pandemic they've been on all year so I thought that would be a great great theme for a Hallmark movie to have that theme song and then that idea so I'm gonna pitch it yeah you it should down. yeah it's a it's a really sweet song yeah thank you yeah. It's done well. It's done well for me. And you also have a, another song. It's Mikey's song. Inside of this body of right. Mikey's song is written for uh, a friend of mine. His son is severely autistic. His name's uh, Michael DeBesti. He lives in Warren, Ohio. And I wrote that for his charity fundraiser. They have a huge charity fundraiser every year. And I performed at it one year. And uh, Lou Martini Jr., my buddy that's an actor who was with the Sopranos. You probably met him at the festival. He was there in 17. He was our MC. He was there as the MC, and I had him sing some stuff with me. So I wrote Mikey's song for that event, and then I decided to record it. Mikey's dad is an artist, so we put together a children's book, and all the words of the song are the pages of the book. And, it, and it's uh, all the money went to them for their autism funds. So I donated the music, the book, everything to them for the autism fund. Oh, that's nice. Yep. And uh, it was a great thing, and uh, people really liked that, too. And that got a lot of airplay, too, uh, April's Autism Month. So they still play that all over the country. Wow. You know, for Autism Month. So I think that's a great thing. Yeah, it is. I had to cut out a sweet moment where I shared how I can relate to that. This person in my life does not want their diagnosis shared. I, so you can relate, you can yeah. relate to that sound. Yeah. yeah. When I was doing my research... Uh, girls just want to drink beer came up a, a lot. <laughs> right, yeah, that was my first big hit. And leave us alone, we just want to drink beer. Yeah, and so you you have a music video for that, like right. with with, v right. with Vivo. How right. how did that come about? Originally, girls just want to drink beer. This is it. <laughs> I wrote this at college at Ohio State like 45 years ago. Mm -hmm. So all my girlfriends knew this song. Yeah, and we would go out on Saturday night to the bars, and the guys would, you know, come up and try to put a move on us, and we'd say, "Leave us alone. We just want to drink beer." That was what we said. Yeah, so I'm like, man, that's a song. Yeah, so I wrote the song then, and did not record it till 2011. Yeah. and I I took it to Nashville to pitch it for a star to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And 
the producer said, no, you got to do it. This is your song. Come on. Yeah. So I said, okay. So I recorded it. Then the song got great success. And he goes, we got to do a music video. I said, all right, well, I'll do a music video on one condition that you come to Steubenville, Ohio, and we film it at the spot bar. Cause that's the D Martin used to play there. Mm-hmm. Come to Steubenville, Ohio. We'll film it at the spot bar. I want all my girlfriends in the video mm-hmm. and, and, and whoever else wants to be in it and no guys, just girls. Mm-hmm. And we'll have one guy or two guys in it. That's it to play the parts. Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. do it. So he came up with his crew from Nashville to Steubenville, drove eight hours, stayed two days, <laughs> shut the bar down on the deck. We shot the video and I had uh, the owner of the bar, Joe, he served me the beer and Billy Petrella played the, the boys part that we throw out. And uh, it was a big hit, man. It's, it's, it's all, it's all over the internet and all over the place. It's on, it's on uh, Roku and everything too. Wow. You You can see it everywhere. But yeah, that was, that was a mega hit for me. Yeah. And, uh, my friends with line dance groups, line dancing in it the whole bit. So it's, it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I got to learn that line dance. I I'm, I'm really out of practice. I haven't line danced since college. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the spot bar. What are some other if somebody's passing through Steubenville and they're a Dean Martin fan, what, what else do they have to go see besides the spot bar? Well, uh, Steubenville high school, of course, you know, he, he played there. I mean, that auditorium is, you know, where he and Jerry played 1950. So that's like hallowed ground, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Naples spaghetti house. He used to eat at Naples spaghetti house. There's some pictures online of him eating pasta over a big spaghetti pot, a big old pot that was there. <laughs> In the back room. He used to eat there all the time, and the Delator still own it. It's like fifth generation. Wow. Uh, Family so business. Their, their, their dad used to tell stories about Dino big time. Yeah. And uh, so he knew him well. That's definitely a, a place to go. Mm-hmm. St. Anthony's Church, his church is now closed. The building's still there on Fifth Street, and that's where he used to go to church, and he was in the Boy Scouts there. They had meetings in the basement. And, and his house, of course, was at 319 South 6th Street. It's a vacant lot now. They tore it down, but that's where he was born. That's right by the Steubenville Bakery, and that's the place he used to go to get bread. It's still there, still open. Wow, right that's really cool. From his house. Wow. There's... So it's like some, some things are still there. Yeah. Not much. Yeah. So. Well, and that's that's really cool that you can just, you know, go and go to the yeah, bakery that he went to. Right. Yeah, that is really Very cool. cool. You obviously know a lot about Dean Martin. What yep. is what is a little known fact that really impresses people when you talk about it? About Dino? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, gee whiz, I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> know so much stuff about him. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. I mean, I knew his cousin Archie really well. They were, mm-hmm. like, inseparable. He's, he passed now, too, but they were, like, uh, Two months apart in age, wow. they were together all the time, all the time. And when Dino made it big, uh, he, he took Archie out to Vegas too and gave him a job and helped him. He just passed here about five, six years ago, Archie. So mm-hmm. I was friends with him forever. He used to tell me some great stuff about them too. But he said a lot. Of, a lot of people don't know that Dino loved to play baseball and basketball. He was always a kid playing baseball and basketball constantly, and really good at it. And he was a good athlete. He played. He was a great golfer. I mean, he could have been a pro. That's how good he was. Yeah. He used to, he used to golf with, like, you know, Sam Snead and Arnold Palmer and all the big heavyweights. And yeah. he was that good. And, they, and they, they'll vouch for it and say how good he was. They'll tell, tell you he was really good. So there was this one golf tournament that he was in years ago. 
Steubenville College used to be downtown Steubenville. And they wanted to move it up on the hill where the hotels are to make this campus. In the 60s, he was in this big golf tournament with Sam Snead. And he wins and he won like $10,000, which was a lot of money back then. And they say, Dino, in in the video, what are you going to do with the money you won? He says, well, I'm going to give it to my favorite charity, Father Mike's charity back in Steubenville, Ohio, to move the college from downtown up on the hill. So he started the first the first donation for the Franciscan University of Steubenville, which wow. is what it's known as now. Yeah. It was yeah. Steubenville College. So. Wow, that's impressive. People don't know that. No, big time. Yeah. Well, and he, he, yeah. he publicly says it on the video and everything. And I have a copy of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the Golf Channel will air it. It's from like 63 or something. It's old. It's it's really good. And I, I think he really, like, I mean, obviously he really loved playing golf. Uh, I don't know if this story is true, but I heard heard it that his press person, uh, Dean, made a hole-in-one, and he wanted that on every newspaper. Like, right. And he didn't ask for much publicity, so, like, right. he, he was he like... wanted that, right. Yeah. Yeah, because that was a big deal for him, right? Yeah. And I, I just thought that was, I thought that was like really cool and really funny. I was like, that's great. <laughs> I do have a really cool piece at home that was given to me. Matter of fact, at the 100th anniversary festival, a man from California came and said that his maid, his mother's maid, his, his guy was a doctor, was also made for Dean Martin years ago. She used to work for him till he died. She might've been a nurse. And he gave her this plaque that, is for the Grammy nomination for Everybody Loves Somebody Sometime, 1964. Black mm. yeah. from Hollywood. He gave it to her. To wow. Because he said he didn't care about awards. It was just mm-hmm. dust to collect. He didn't want them, right? Mm-hmm. So needless to say, the guy came to the festival in 17, and his maid died. Mm-hmm. And he called from California, and he goes, gee, I, I don't know what to do with this. He says, you know, you gave it to my maid. And I'd like to give it to you. And I was like, yeah, man, bring it to Steubenville. So he, he gave me this plaque. So I have it at home hanging on the wall with the gold record that I got from Capitol. I got Dean Martin's Italian love songs. I gave him the gold album. So that plaque is really, really great because that song, that song knocked the Beatles out of number one in 1964. Yeah. Dean Martin, the people knocked the Beatles off the charts. Yeah. And the funny story with that is the true story. He said Elvis a telegram Mm -hmm. and Frank Sinatra and said, don't worry. If you can't take care of the Beatles, I can. Signed Dino. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And when I went, and and then it was hanging on a wall in Graceland. So I became friends with Dino, uh, with uh, Elvis's cousin, Patsy Presley. (laughs) And when we first did the first donations for the uh, D-Mart mural in Steubenville, the big one that we painted. Mm Mm-hmm. Elvis Elvis Presley's estate donated the first $200 because I put it in national papers mm-hmm. and they sent the first money. And so I called Patsy, his cousin, who was working in the office. And she says, I got to take a picture and send you something. And she took a picture of that telegram. They yes. have it on the wall in the office still from Dean Martin. <laughs> it's great. She said Elvis loved that so much he framed it and put it on the wall. I love it. He framed it. I That's just, great. I just thought I just thought that was so cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. She, she sent me a picture of it. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it. These guys were too funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, and you know, it kind of 
it's it's difficult for me to uh, convey to other people just how cool Dean Martin is because I'm of a generation that the Rat Pack was pretty much almost dissolved, you know, when I right. when I was right. uh, born. So like they were kind of you know maybe touring like their last kind of tours and that was it. So what do you think would help more young people get into Dean Martin and just the Rat Pack in general? Oh yeah, you need to you need to listen to big band music, man. Big band is where it's at. All those great instruments. I mean, I grew up with it. That's why mm -hmm. I became a trumpet player. I mean, Al Hurt was my idol as a kid too. Oh my God, I, I loved him. He used to be the summer host of the Craft Music Hall. Mm -hmm. So my dad always wanted me to play the saxophone. I'm like, no, Dad, I'm playing the trumpet. I want to <laughs> sound like Al Hurt. I loved Al Hurt, and I got to meet him two, three times and hang with him later in life. It was like such a great thing because I loved him, and um, he was so good. And just just to listen to big band music because you don't see it anymore. You don't see trombones playing or, mm -hmm. you know, trumpets unless you see a marching band or something or a symphony. I mean, kids aren't exposed to this anymore at all. Yeah. You know, and the big band sound was just so great. And the soloists were so fantastic and what talented musicians they were. I mean, the percussionists, my God, I can't say enough good things about them. And, and I got to be good friends with Doc Severinsen. I mean, the Doc, he's so good. Oh, yeah. What a player. What a player. And Have just a nice guy. Uh, did you so? Did you see the uh, documentary PBS did? Oh, I certainly did. I watched so, every minute of it and loved it. So good. Doc was so great, and uh, I met him two, three times. He came to college when I was at Ohio State and soloed with the concert band. And then I met him in Florida here about ten years ago. He was with the Florida Orchestra. I went to see him. He conducted and soloed. And I mean, he's in his nineties, and he plays so great. He's yeah. what a player he is. He can be. Oh, he's so fantastic. And just a nice man. I mean, mm -hmm. he was just such a nice guy. He'd come to college and just hang with us. He, you know, he'd have rehearsal, and instead of going off with his entourage, he's hanging with us kids, you know, having a coffee and talking shop. And, hey, what mouthpiece you use? What kind of oil you use? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, it was just great stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't forget stuff like that. People that that stature take time out with, mm -hmm. you know, students like that. And another one that did that was Maynard Ferguson. I've worked with him two or three times. He was a great trumpet player. He used to solo with different bands and junior high kids, and he was, oh, he spent time with the kids and show them all kind of techniques and things to do and how to clean your horn and just stuff that to take the time out to do that or the recording artist is just unbelievable. I mean, what these guys were just born teachers, music teachers that made it big. That's who they were. Yeah, they have a lot of and, class, yeah. Oh, nice, just nice guys. They love kids, man. Mm -hmm. They just love, and they love kids that play music. Doc teaches lessons with little kids. He was on TV teaching yeah. this little boy. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Like, it was really cool to see that. Yeah. I'm like, good for you, man. That's great. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how you keep it going, and that's how mm -hmm. you keep the music going and the interest. And because if you don't hear it, you don't know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta. Right. You just gotta keep up that exposure. It's a good. All right. Good. You gotta get those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you want to be a horn player or, uh, you know, a drummer, you got to listen to big band music because that's all about horns and drums, man. It's yeah. it's the it's great. Yeah, one way that I know uh, things are getting a lot of exposure these days is is TikTok. Oh yeah. Have you have you thought about doing any TikTok? 
Yeah, I haven't done anything on TikTok. I do some stuff on YouTube occasionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I put up new videos and put them up and stuff. But TikTok, I have a lot of friends that do TikTok. I have. Are you aware that you have music on TikTok? Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure it's on there. Yeah. I don't know who put it there. I didn't put it there. Yeah. Somebody did. I think they have. I, I think there might be some like agreement with like iTunes where they like. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably iTunes. Yeah. yeah. And so they like you can you know record the thirty seconds or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, it's probably probably iTunes or Amazon because I'm on Amazon too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazon music big time, so it's one of the two. Yeah. No, that's good. That's a good exposure for me. Hey, I'll take anything I can. Yeah. Get, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take advantage of that. Yeah. That. Uh huh. I'm all about that. I had a chance to record a country classic a few years ago that went platinum, and I chose to do "Here Comes My Baby Back Again." Yeah. And this was a. Big song by Dottie West, but Dean Martin had it in his concerts for 20 years. He loved this song. So I'm like, man, I'm going to re-record this because this is Dino did this. Man, I'm doing this. And it was a big hit for me. And then I got to be good friends with Elvis Jr. And we came out with Welcome to My World because Dino did this and Elvis did it. And we wanted to redo it. And that just hit number one yesterday for us. Yeah. So that was uh, big time. So both, both Dean Martin songs that I re-recorded went platinum for me that's really cool i love welcome to my world it's yeah, such a good great song. song i wish i wrote it <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but anyway uh it, it was just just a really an honor to do those two pieces and that's why we picked them so it, it hit gold yesterday so that's we hit really number cool. one on the independent charts yesterday congratulations with that it's yeah, awesome yeah we're gonna play it in nashville he's gonna be there we're gonna sing it on the 11th together yeah We'll wrap it up here, but why why Dean Martin? What what is it about Dean Martin in particular that, you know, just speaks to you? Well, you know, being Italian and uh, being from Steubenville, I mean, we got two elements in common. You know, mm -hmm. I grew up there and I'm Italian. So, you know, he, he's like a family member to me. I mean, you know, Dino could be my uncle, far as I know. I mean, yeah, that's how close we are. You know, I, I drank the water and walked the walk. I mean, what can I say? I played in the same clubs he did, and I drank the same water he did. You know, went to the same churches he did, did everything he did. Went to the same schools, did everything. So we we are one and the same. You know, he's got more talent than me, but, you know, uh, I, I have some different talents. I write yeah. music. He never wrote music. We're a lot alike in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think that's what... what what got me attracted to him, you know, we are definitely a lot of like, plus just growing up there. I mean, he's an icon and he's our, he's like our patron saint, you know, <laughs> he's the same as stupid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, cigarette and whiskey, what the heck at stupid though, you know, yeah. he's our saint. <laughs> what can I say? That's how we grew up. We grew up in a steel mill town and people drink hard and party hard. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the way we grew up. We grew up in an Italian household, just like I did. And, he, he couldn't even speak English till he went to school, they tell me. Mm -hmm. Spoke Italian at home. And he spoke he spoke Italian his whole life. And he sang some great Italian songs. Italian mm -hmm. love song album is the best. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what I always admired about him. He he never was ashamed of being Italian or, or speaking Italian or singing Italian. Whereas like Sinatra never sang in Italian. He'd do an Italian song, but it was always in English. He would never sing in Italian. And Dino yeah. was like so happy to do it and did it so well. And he could speak fluent Italian and he was good at it. And, and he was just a handsome, handsome guy. And you just hear his voice and you just melt. Oh, yes. Yes. I know. I definitely do. I also, like you said, he was a, he was a kind of a sharp dresser. I love his suits. Always. Suits yeah. and his little pocket squares. 
Yeah. Everybody always. said, everybody in Steubenville said, even when he was young, he, he dressed to the nines. Always. Yeah. Always dressed the best. Yeah. Really cared about his looks always, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think he always, he always wanted to make it big, and I think he always knew he would. I really believe that. I think deep down in his heart, he knew that he was going to be a megastar. He knew it. He just knew it. Something there told him that, you know, he's going to he's going to walk the walk in the beginning because he knew he was going to be big. And he always dressed impeccably. Always looked great. He was in great shape. He worked out. He exercised like crazy. And uh, like I said, played ball. He loved baseball. Every time mm -hmm. uh, they would have a, a celebrity um, pro baseball game with the Dodgers, he always played baseball. I got pictures of him playing with the Dodgers. Him and Tommy Lasorda were great friends. I mean, he loved baseball. So, and he could have probably been a good baseball player, too. I mean, that's how good of an athlete he was. He was a great athlete. Uh, athletes and singers don't usually go hand in hand, but, you know, mm -hmm. he came up from the school hard knocks, so nobody was going to tell him otherwise. You know? Right, right. <laughs> and he was a boxer. Oh, yeah, he was a boxer. As yeah, a kid. I yeah. Kid yeah. Yeah, he was a heck of a boxer. <laughs> yeah, and that's why that's why he had the broken nose and the, and the finger. He had a finger all twisted. If you see his finger, it was like bent like this. When he holds his hand up, that's from boxing. They boxed bare knuckles back then. No yeah. gloves. Ugh, yeah. Well, he grew up, grew up tough. He's a tough yeah. kid, man. Gotta be. I take my hat off to him. The guy had all the talent in the world. He made it. Thank you, Rose Angelica, for coming to the podcast. Her new song, Mama's Song is out now. I also have a YouTube channel where I feature classics and I'm uploading a few of these podcasts. It really helps me out if you subscribe there. If you want to talk to me and have your opinion featured on the podcast, there's a link to leave a message in the episode description. And just a reminder that Teen Martin Festival starts June 24th in Steubenville, Ohio, and goes until the 26th. There are shows, a street fair, tours, and a tribute show at the Spot Bar where Dean Martin used to go. It's worth checking out. It was a blast when I went in 2017. We're a little late, so good night, folks. Good night, everybody. This has been a Hope Sears presentation, darling. <laughs>